Welcome, everybody, to Who's Your Band. We're getting it popping here. I am Jeffrey Paul. I am joined by Sean Morton. How are you, Sean? I wish you'd get popped in Crossfire, is what I wish. <laughs> you don't wish that for me. I don't... No. Like, here's here's what happened, okay? Now, people don't, may not remember, but something bad happened to Jeff, uh, like, a year ago when he got hit by a car. And, no, like... It was in April, yeah. Yeah, so it was, like, six months ago, right? And my first thought was, like, oh, shit. Like, I felt I was genuinely, like, upset. And then I saw, like, the thirsty pictures that he would be posting from the hospital bed. Like, oh, I got hit by a car. <laughs> and then I'm like, this guy is such a piece of shit that, like... Why am I a piece of shit? Because I was hit by no, a car? No, Mike, it was like, I felt so bad. And then here's, like, fucking thirsty McFucking Drinkersons, like, saying... Hey, you know, I just want to let everybody know I got hit by a car. I'll take any thoughts and prayers I can get. Shut I, up. For the, I never would write something like that. Oh, and I could only see it. No, no. The only reason why I posted anything was because I was so shaken up and scared. If I did something funny, it's kind of like normal. It's kind of routine. And that's what I did. But speaking of routine, I, I, I am known as uh, the king of segues, by the way. Yeah. Um, but the, With the sand speaking. Paper. Speaking of uh, of um, routine, you changed up your routine, and you're not in the uh, the bunker downstairs. You're upstairs tonight. Yeah. So last week uh, I counted, and I got dropped like 34 times on the Wi-Fi. It was just a bad connection last week for some reason. So since I'm uh, helping recording this week, while our wonderful producer Adam is in the middle of Mormon country in Utah, mm -hmm. I decided to. Uh, bring my uh stuff up here and uh guarantee a, a smooth transition for today so let's talk a little bit about your background because there's a picture on what i'm looking at on your right okay. is 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 that a signed picture is that a is that a poster from a a show or something so if you're looking so basically what i'm what uh the vision was was i have a gigantic wall and i have a lot of art in the in the house from concerts that we went to things like that and then i had this huge gigantic wall and i was like i you know we we decided to do like a whole new jersey theme so it was not just because like, you're from new jersey right i'm from i'm born and bred in new jersey yeah i'm not from not from brooklyn okay i get it you know I mean? okay so uh yeah so like if you look at the blue the big blue one that's like a, a gaslight anthem poster from one of the shows i went to in asbury park underneath it's another one from the last tour uh I'll, I'll tell you something about this asbury park sign that's in the middle that my head is blocking uh half of so uh, asbury park as you know is one of the biggest uh happening cities in new jersey and and the country actually yeah it's happening it's it's, it's swinging man it's swinging it's the tits so uh it's the bee's knees yeah and, uh, it's popping is, is essentially what is happening is it are you gonna do this all episode <laughs> with that fucking popping shit because let yes. me know, I'll just stop the recording. <laughs> well, guys, this is going to be all fucking night. I've been I've been jammed up all week for this. So I I buy the I, I go to this this is an antique shop on Cookman Avenue in Asbury Park, and it's really cool. And I see this outside, and I'm like, wow, this is really cool because I wanted a sign with Tilly on it because Tilly's in the middle of it now, and my big head's not blocking it. And I'm like, all right, it's cool. And I was like, oh, 150 bucks, that's a lot. And the guy's like, don't worry. I'll I'll take a little less. I'm like, ah, that's cool. I bring it up. I buy it. And he goes, 125. I'm like, that's awesome. 
you know, 25 bucks. I'll take that. That's like 15% off. I put it in the car. I'm walking around. And then when I go right back in front of the antique shop, there's another one right in its place. Uh, so he must have had like he must have had like 10 of them. I played you. He did play me. He played me really bad. And I was a little upset about that. But it's a nice piece. Um are you uh, happy with it? I am. I'm happy with okay, it. So it's worth $125. Worth it. Yeah, it's worth it. So and there was a store that sells all kinds of Springsteen lyrics on on plaques and stuff like that. And then there was a whole bunch of like shitty ones, like, you know, trips like us, you know, like all that kind of stupid shit. And Somewhere in the swamps of Jersey. They were, that was one of them. Of course, that, that, that was the one classic of them. one. Uh, so then I found this one that says, Sprung from Cages Out on Highway 9, which is the great line from Born to Run. And I live right off of Highway 9. So I figured that see, was. See the irony? Every, now everyone sees the irony in it. This, yeah, this, it's all no, coming together. There's a whole theme. And then, of course, there's the Taylor Ham uh, plaque because it is Taylor Ham and it's not pork roll. Anybody who says it's pork roll is a fucking piece of shit. See, that's um, a big that's a big debate. I've heard people say in South Amboy that it is called pork roll. No, it's it's really like north and central is Taylor Ham and south is pork roll. Mm. And then there's this whole debate. Is there really even a central Jersey? Yes, there is. There's a central Jersey. Okay. There is a central Jersey. It comes from like Union down to like Freehold, and then the rest is south from there. But, hey, you uh, really do know a lot about Jersey. I know a lot about Jersey. I've kind of lived here for 46 years. So, you know, when I was born, you were just a young, strapping lad graduating college. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man, that's so that, that's what's up, man. That 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 is that's 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 cool stuff. Oh my god, is it gonna be everything that you say that I hate tonight? Pretty much, yeah. This is yeah. what kind of episodes go. And and folks, don't tune out. We do have a guest coming. Um he is actually coming from Foxwoods. He had, he had a, a weekend up there. Uh, so we're just giving him a little time to uh, get himself acclimated. And then he's going to join us. I'll introduce him in a few minutes. Um, but th let's talk about things that we usually do up top. And then I'll guess we we'll, should be here within a, about five, 10 minutes. Uh, yeah. Sean, concerts, anything going on? Do you next week. For anything? I, yeah, next week I am going up to uh, Mohegan Sun to see Luke Combs. Uh, country guy, looking and I, forward to that. Yeah, he's. Let me tell you, man, this is no joke. That that was the best show that I saw all last year, hands down. He was at MSG, and I managed one of those things where I couldn't get great. I couldn't get seats because they sold out so quick. He sold out two nights at MSG, and then uh, I just happened to like, I don't know, maybe it was like two or three days before they released a whole bunch of tickets, and they were dirt cheap, and I wound up getting amazing seats. So. My cousin couldn't go. My my cousin's son, who's of 12, would be 13, was like, I wanted to go. And it was like right in the middle of COVID. So like we really didn't feel comfortable with him going into the city and stuff like that. So when this popped up and it's our birthday weekend, we were like, let's all go. And I managed to get a, a, a nice hookup with tickets. Uh, I was very happy with uh, one of our former guests, Franco, the radio DJ, who is also a booker for uh, comedy in Connecticut. His best friend is the uh, president of sports and entertainment for Mohegan Sun. So I got his assistant and I said, how many tickets, how many tickets do you need? And I said five. And uh, I figured they were going to be about like two, two fifty a piece. You know, that was my max. I was going to go. And she goes, okay, well, it's going to be $94 a ticket. So now I'm saying to myself, oh God, I'm going to be in nosebleeds. Right. And I've been to Mohegan. It's, it's steep. 
And I go, okay, can you tell me where the tickets are? And she goes, uh, row H. I go, okay, well, what section? She goes, oh, for, on the stage, row H. I went, wow. I go, that's eighth row. She goes, yeah, that's our section that we sell for uh, friends and family. I'm like, okay, I'll take that. And uh, then it's two weeks after. Um, well, you know, the week before that, I have a gig with this asshole in Staten Island. I'm fucking dreading uh, on the 12th. And then uh, Tommy Gooch. No, no, I didn't say piece of shit. I said asshole. Uh, okay. um, yeah. And then uh, the next week I actually managed this was I was very happy. I scored a pair of tickets for uh, Nickelback at Starland Ballroom. Yeah, that's crazy. I heard that show sold out in under 10 minutes. Three minutes. That's that's Three, nuts second, second fastest sellout they ever had in history. Bon Jovi was the quickest. You and, know, the, next summer. They're touring. They're headlining tour with uh, Stone Temple Pilots. Who's that? Nickelback. Yeah, I'm telling so you, they get so a lot. chance. That Do they have a new album out? It's coming out that day. That's that's what it is. It's a record release show. So they're doing one show in uh, Toronto, where they're from, and then one here. And I guess they're just it's a huge market for them. I mean, Jersey Rock Radio is is huge on Nickelback. So they get a lot of a lot of shit. Let me tell you, they get a lot of shit, and it's very easy to pick on them. Agreed. Very, very easy to pick on them. And let me tell you something. Go see them in concert. Number one, it's it's 10 women to every dude. Number one. Okay. And number two, they put on a really, really spectacular show. They're and they have a bunch of and they have a bunch of hits. Jeff, they're the fourth biggest selling rock band in history. Yeah, so I don't I, you know what I I've been saying this for the longest time. I don't understand why Nickelback gets the hate that they do. We we should talk to our guest about that when he comes in because he's a you know, he's a Canadian, um, but yeah that, oh, that, I didn't that's, know that yeah I didn't know uh, yeah yeah we're, 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 don't, don't, give away. don't pull the curtain back oh, yeah. listen there's a lot of it, people don't understand see they think we come on here and we just kind of like like talk there's a lot of intricacies in this show oh is so, there really Jeffrey yes there's a lot going on behind things are happening right now that you're not even aware of that the, that the audience isn't even aware of hmm. you know that's what's going on I thought you went to go see something uh, in the past week or two uh, thought, let me did think. you post something like that no I'm I, dude I mean, it, it's a blur I, I'm really like in a blur all the time you know uh, I don't know I don't think I've been to a show that I can think of but yeah, that, so I got that coming up. Um, there's going to be a great show. Actually, I think you should come to this show, too, because I think you'll be a happy surprise. Uh, Kill Switch Engage is playing. Where is that? At Starland Ballroom, too. Uh, down that, the wow. I'm, I'm surprised that's not sold out. That's, uh, that's Not yet. Show. We're getting get tickets for that. And, uh, you know, then it should be a pretty quiet, uh, what do you call it? Pretty quiet rest of the winter for concerts. Well, that sounds pretty good. Well, you know, the thing is, there's always going to be shows that are going to be popping up, and there's going to be stuff that's going to, like, you're going to just all of a sudden spur the moment, and that turns out to be, like, the best shows that ever. But anyway. Okay. Uh, Hold on a second. Before you go, let me just say one more thing. You asked me if I ever uh, knew, knew met uh, our guest. I think I did meet him once, and now I want to say I fucking hate him. Look at that beautiful head of hair. Look at that he, fucking hair. He, Look at this. Look at this fucking daylight. That's what, I don't. I don't remember this guy looking this good. To be honest with you, oh, I mean, fuck, he, he really, he really, he looks surprised like every, me. Looks like let, every let, let's, player let's bring him in, Sean. Rape. Okay, continue. Let's, let's let's introduce him to our audience. Okay, so this guy, he's a comedian. You may have seen him 
on Access TV. He's, he could also be heard on Sirius XM Radio. We're very happy. And he's walking away. He's fucking guy. <laughs> Let's bring in Mr. John Moses. How are you, John? Okay. <laughs> Gentlemen, how are you? All right. How was your trip? Um, oh, the weekend? Yeah, you were up at uh, Foxwoods, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was good. I love Foxwoods. The shows are uh, the shows are miserable, but the accommodations are lovely. <laughs> well, that's what it's all about. Fuck these shows. As long as you had a good time. That's it. That's it. So what, I've been doing what did you work and break uh, up. Sorry. What's that? I said my my computer was breaking up. Who did you uh, who did you work with? Oh, so uh, my buddy Kareem Green. Okay. Oh, that's a great show. Yeah. So we, we started doing these shows in November 2020, and you know, like right, you know, probably six months, seven months into the pandemic, and I, you know, I, if there was. 10 other places doing comedy in the Northeast at the time, I'd be surprised, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the shows themselves are, uh, sometimes they're fun, but most of the time, half, sometimes they're fun. Another, so, you know, 10%, 50% of the time, it's all right. It's, you know, 40% of the time, it's, it's fucking, it's work. You're just like, oh, God. What kind uh, of room is it? Well, that's let's talk about that. It's not a room technically, in that it doesn't have walls. (laughs) What do you mean? Was it like one of these outdoor shows? Huh? Were you outdoors and under a tent? No, no, no. You're in the middle of a casino floor, though, right? Oh, oh, that that was the wolf den. Oh, that's brutal. That's hard, dude. There's a stage, and yeah, I know it. They're for you, and they're in front of you, but the casino floor is around yep. you, and it's completely open. Right, so you're, you know, you're, you're in the middle of a punchline. Somebody's hitting jackpots, you know. Oh, so um, have yeah. you ever done Park's Casino? Same, no. same, same setup. Park's Casino is like now you're on the stage. There's, there's a. Um, uh, the, the bartender, you have the audience, and then there's kind of like the grizzly pear type of curtain, and you right. can hear all the all the the uh, the slot machines and all the the shenanigans going on on the casino floor. Yeah, it could be exactly. a little distracting. So that's it. So you know, now November 2020, you're just grateful for the gig, right? That's right. Um, but I've been it, I've been doing it once a month since. <laughs> so now right. that the, you know the world has returned to comedy inside of clubs, you know the. The gig itself, again, you know, like I, I, I got a chance to work an album out there, you know, you know, during the pandemic, which I was grateful for. And and I always like going to the casino and that's fun. But the worst part about it is the gig. So, <laughs> Well, let's back up a little bit. So you're from Canada, right? And Toronto. You, Toronto. OK, uh, so we before before we brought you on, we were just talking about Nickelback. Um, yeah. Do, do, do you get the the hate for Nickelback? Do you, do you understand that? You know what? I was thinking about that um, today or maybe last night because Nickelback is at Foxwoods and they're all sold out. Yeah, they sell out. They're a big band. Yeah. And um, if I think about like the songs... Right, like what's that? Like, can you take me higher? Like, that, 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 that's Creed. Oh, is that, that's Creed. That's not Nickelback. <laughs> they have that. Uh, that I'm looking at a photograph. 
It's a picture of a photograph. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Please, yeah. Adam, please isolate that <laughs> for me, please. <laughs> now I got a pickle back. This song. is how you remind me. That, oh, where is my a, fucking career is going. Yeah, that, exactly. That's a great song. <laughs> great fucking song. And I John, you got to really admit, got that dead on impression. <laughs> like, like note for note, that was perfect. You have yeah. to admit that. It was that good. But I don't get the hate for that band. Right, right, right. Okay, Did so, you imagine that that's what the Nickelback lead singer sounded like now was you and then them trying to convince somebody else that that was a professional <laughs> singer like that's how bad of a drug problem he had <laughs> drug problem brain injury <laughs> yeah, either Living way you want to sell it yeah um you know, I, i've never been to toronto but one thing i i love about uh that area i used to have to go to buffalo for work all the time and i would pick up canada rock stations all the time in Buffalo. And I would find so many new bands every time that I would go up there that you wouldn't hear down here. Even though some of the bands were like, you know, a little popular down here, they were fucking massive up in Toronto, like Default. I love this band Default that was from up there. They had like one big hit down here in like the early 2000s. And like I was up yeah. there and played everything. And like they got like six banger fucking albums, you know, Our Lady Peace. Yeah, they um, Juno. Our Lady Peace is huge in Canada. They're, they're, yeah, now that the Queen's dead, they're probably going to be on the money. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I saw so many freaking cool bands like uh, uh, the Trues, I think they were called. The T-R-E-W-S. They were like a really good Tragically rock. Hip. Tragically Hip is a good Yeah, great... exactly. Like, so yeah. it's... April Wine. You don't know yeah. April Wine? No. <laughs> Am I dating myself here? This is, I, I don't know John very well, but I really appreciate him right now because he let that fucking Uber fart just lay there. It's a real fucking thing. Like yeah, I yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, listen, you had April Wine, you had Triumph, you had Rush. These were the Mount Rushmore of Canadian rock acts. Yeah, yeah. 50 years later, we're talking about Our Lady Peace. So that's what do you know. Uh, do you know I can't even name a Rush song? <laughs> Good. Maybe oh, John, a you're not a real Canadian. You yes, are quickly... Speak. Quickly climbing up the ladder of my favorite guests on this podcast already because I despise Rush with a passion. Okay, so speaking of, I used to, I used to date a girl who uh, lived in Thornhill, Ontario, which was a, kind of like a suburb of Toronto. Yeah, um, I mean, more of a neighborhood in Toronto, but yeah, yeah. Um, but do you have to? Because her whole family were were Maple Leaf like fanatics. Her brother played hockey. We were you a Leafs fan? Yeah, yeah. Still are. Yeah, um, I mean, I a little. I bought the NHL like package, whatever, a few years back, and I never really got to sit down and watch it, so I never did that again. But um, so they lost in Game Seven um, to Boston a few years ago, maybe five years ago or something, maybe more, maybe anyway. Um, I was watching it with my dad, and we were both talking on the phone, and he was in Toronto, so he was like a second ahead. Uh, I was living in Brooklyn at the time, so the Leafs would, you know, Boston. Leafs were up like 4-1 in the third period and blew the lead in game seven. Uh, lost in overtime. So I'd be sitting there talking on the phone with my dad. We'd be watching the game together. My dad would go, oh, no. And then a second later, I'd see the puck slide in the net. And I'd be like, oh, uh, But yeah, yeah you know, being a Leafs fan, it's like being a Met fan, I imagine, you know. 
Yeah. Well, what about this year? Was it wasn't Toronto up three one in the series, and they blew. I mean, right this past uh, NHL playoffs. No, I don't think it was this year. Uh, up against now, they didn't blow a three one in Tampa. I thought they. I thought they had a. I thought they was supposed to handily win that series, and they were doing well in it. They have, and they were having a great year out of Austin Matthews and Tavares. Yeah, I mean, they Bank really Bank looked Bank. like you know they were a contender, and they go out in the first round like they seem to do every year. Yeah, they did. It was a big one, but it, they went. They they did lose against the um, against the champs, you know, the year before. So, and then. And they took them to seven games, and I think they were the only people to take them. No, seven. no, the Islanders. I'm an Islander fan. You know, the Islanders t- took them to seven also. And oh, you know, really? you, yeah, yeah. See, this is the thing. It's like you talk about teams that break your heart all the time. I'm a Met fan. I'm a Jet fan. I'm a Net fan. I'm an Islander fan. You know, we haven't been. None of those yeah. teams have been good since since maybe like the early '80s. But let, let's go. Let's talk about you a little bit. I mean, you're you're a really funny comic, man. I've seen you. I've worked with you before. Um, so you. one of the things I wanted to ask you, like in the climate that we're in now, okay? I mean, your comedy is. You know, you're you're a pretty edgy guy. You're an edgy comic. You know, you you know you say you aggressive say, is what I'm. Abra- abrasive, abrasive. <laughs> Am I saying it right? Okay, but you know, do you find you find audiences these days kind of like able to handle it, whether it be in the city or on the road? You know, or do you feel you have to kind of like tone it down, temper it a little bit, adjust it for a room that you're in? Well, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't temper it. I, I sort of got I sort of got one speed, and uh, yeah. So not only am I like aggressive, but um, I'm also kind of a Democrat. So those two things usually don't mix, you know, like I'm, <laughs> and I'm a little bit aggressive with my, like I'm not overly political uh, in my act or anything, but you can. Are you I a true dope um, backer? What do you mean? Justin Trudeau. Oh, nah, I hate you, Trudeau. I'm going to say, yeah, good. Because it yeah. seems like Democrats here would be supportive of, of Trudeau in Canada. Yeah, it's a weird, like, uh, it's a little bit of a weird dichotomy that way. Like, most of the guys, most of the guys that I grew up with, who are all fucking knuckleheads, by the way, you know, like, lifelong bouncer, like, scrapper guy knuckleheads, hate Trudeau, but also also think Trump is a moron. <laughs> Something like, Trudeau's a pussy and Trump's a moron. So, like, they're, so they're like, in the middle there somewhere, but, you know, um, yeah, so like, I would say like I feel as far as like you know being aggressive or whatever. Yeah, sometimes like city audiences are a little, can be like a little, you know, PC and uptight. Um, I probably have more fun in front of like blue collar Republican audiences, even if my political um, views don't sort of match up that way because I think they appreciate the candor, you know, like I was just last week, I was just in uh, a little outside of Albany, you know, super fucking, uh, you know, red town and, and everybody, and, you know, and they let you know at the moment you walked in and, and, you know, I was razzing them about it, but like really fun fucking room, like a real, real good time. And, um, I sure wouldn't want to do that set in full of a, a, a room full of progressives. <laughs> you know? Like, 
What what do you what do you say that's so edgy that would piss progressives off? I don't know. I'm not I'm not even sure uh, you know, where some of it would land. I mean, I could probably point to like, you know, previously, you know, like what in my set right now? Uh I because, don't know, you know but like Trump supporters, if you say anything, you know, uh, detrimental against Trump, they're gonna, they're going to turn off, and that is going to be it. I worked with a a pretty well known comic, you know, and this guy, I mean, a thirty year veteran, done done everything you can imagine, and he wound up going into this Trump stuff, and the audience just turned off to him, and he never fully got him back. You know? Yeah. So I mean. You got it, it, you do got to sort of like uh, thread the eye of the needle sometimes. Um, you know, okay, so for example, like, uh, what am I talking about right now that would piss him off? I don't know, but like, I had a clip that says, uh, you know, I'm racist, um, like is the name of the, the bit. I saw that, yeah, right. And like in the bit, it's like, I'm you know, I'm like a sort of like a, in the middle of the pack centerist type of dude, but like, you know, I'm racist, my, my best friends, like black and puerto rican and it's you know it's because i'm friends with them that it's made me more racist because it's exposed me to situations where i'm the only white guy around and like you realize like how other people look at you whatever you know but like i think as soon as i say in the beginning of the bit i go i'm racist like as soon as you say that there's going to be people that just fucking shut down and don't even listen to the rest of the bit to see like where this is going, like or what the nuance. Yeah, I would, th- I would think, th- I would think the opposite. I think as, as soon as a guy says something like that, now you got my attention because I want to see where you're going with this. Well, that's the point, right? But it's like, but there are some people who are going to shut it, like that video, like that video, um, or YouTube clip, whatever. Like there was a moment there. It did fucking nothing for a long time. There was like three thousand hits, and then. Within two weeks, it was like it shot up to 150,000 views. And I was like, oh, is this thing about the fucking pot? And, but if you look at the comments, it goes down like. Well, you guy- actually read the YouTube comments? Oh, yeah. I loved that- it. Yeah, that that's, that should make you feel good because because the uh, the internet is is such a supportive place. You know, it always makes you feel <laughs> yeah. good about yourself when you read comments. If you do something and it's all positive, I actually think you're doing something wrong. You know, like if you're if you're hitting on all fucking notes, dude, like that's vanilla ice cream. You know, but like if you read the comments, it's either this guy's a racist piece of shit, or you know this guy's a fucking genius, or this guy's got a set of balls on him. I wish more people would be like that. And it's fucking Latino people, you know, who are like, oh, no, he's right. Oh, no, fuck him. Oh, no, he's right. Oh, no, fuck him. And black people. Oh, no, he's cool. Oh, no, fuck him. Oh, no, he's cool. Oh, no, fuck him. You know, so, you know, there was a bit on my last album where I say, like, um, you know, it was about, like, being a feminist. But, like, I like, hey, I'm not a feminist. I'm all about equality. But like, you know, ladies, just don't stop shaving your little mustaches, you know, like I'm pretty sure that could strike a chord in a, you know, a progressive room that might be a little more heavily like, on a, with a, a female audience. I mean, in fact, I know that's been the case. Because... Yeah, but you know, when you get you get that groan when you make when you tell that joke, that groan is just as good as a laugh. Well, I, you know, depends on who you ask, but <laughs> I'm trying to get for a little more laughs these days. I had a show two weeks ago that I didn't realize it was for, it was by Mohegan Sun. It was uh, uh, a democratic uh, fundraiser. 
and like i didn't even look at the flyer like and i'm like middle ground you know what i mean like i, I always say like i'm i'm fiscally conservative and socially liberal so i'm kind of like more in the middle and uh so a friend of mine was up there i don't know if you know who she is Her name is jess miller uh she lives in uh like Springfield. oh yeah i know jess yeah, so she's um the first time we worked together, uh, my hair was longer, I had no goatee, and I walked into the room and we had the same outfit on, like black polo shirt, <laughs> ripped blue jeans, black chucks. Like we did the whole thing where like we're we're turning our heads like in the mirror and stuff like that. So it became like the ongoing joke that like I have a lesbian twin sister. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> like a couple on the that started dressing the same. It, it's fucking weird. So I threw the shirt out. But uh so I'm I'm doing the show and she's middling for me and she goes up and she's fucking decimating. Like uh, I'm, she could have took a shit on this stage and this crowd would have just eaten her alive. And so, like her last bit was, you know, I'm a, I'm a lesbian with my wife and we're going into dicks, which I think is ironic. And I'm trying on this bathing suit and my pussy fell out of the bathing suit. Now this lady is on the table next to us and she's fucking howling at everything. So she's talking about her pussy falling out of the bathing suit. And she, this lady gives her a standing ovation. I'm like, wow. All right. That's awesome. I'm, I always want to see my friends succeed, you know? So then I go up and I'm like, you know, Hey, the host, uh, I got a lot in common with him. You know, he loves wrestling. He loves heavy metal like me. And uh, yeah, me and Jess, we have something in common. My pussy just fell out of my underwear just now when I walked on stage and the crowd laughs and this lady goes, <laughs> loud, like loud loud and turned out she was the state senator from connecticut who i guess they were doing fundraising for and she heckled me the whole fucking show unbelievable to the point where i was outside and like she was still like going at me and i was like you're the fucking reason why democrats like me voted for trump and i fucking just drove home i drove home it's a three and a half hour drive from there to my house, I made it home in two hours and 40 minutes. Like, just fuck, like Rocky and, and Rocky Dude, Ford, when he's just driving, thinking about Drago killing freaking Apollo. Right, Rocky he, Four. Uh, <laughs> and I'm just speeding the whole way. I was I was wild for like time two falling days. off, Time falling off the GPS like a miracle. Yeah. Holy shit, it was unbelievable. Like, even when I got to the Bronx, I was like, fuck this. I'm just weaving in and out and shit. People don't understand, like, how you could feed off of that shit or it can just completely go the opposite direction. Sometimes I don't give a shit. I'll just go, I'll roll with it or whatever. That bitch got in my head and it fucked me up for two days. And I was pissed off at myself for letting her get in my head. Yeah. Like, that was the worst part of it. Yeah. That's a tough one because she's kind of untouchable, right? Like in that situation, you know what I mean? <sighs> yeah. I, I, Nobody's I, I, kicking the fucking Senator out of the goddamn democratic fundraiser she probably thinks like this is my house you know i said to her i was like you're so lucky that i bought a house like a year and a half ago because i if i didn't i would move up there and i would buy a house in your district and i would run as a republican just to make you lose and lose yeah. everything you have like this is what i was saying to her on stage like I, yeah. I, it's not me like it's not me at all i'm a prick like jeff's the nice one on stage i'm a prick i don't give a shit but she fucking ear But even that was too much, yeah. Oh, I couldn't deal with it, man. John, you did you start comedy in Canada? I did, but I, I was maybe doing comedy a year before I moved. Uh, did you move now? Did you move down here 
specifically for Canada, or were there other reasons? For comedy, uh, I was uh, I moved down to flip houses with my uh, cousin. You're uh, you're also into real estate, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I bought and flipped houses for a few years, and I was doing it in Western Mass, and um, also doing comedy as much as you could do in a market like that, right? Like. You know, if you're getting up three times a week in Western Mass, you're getting up a lot. You know. What about in Canada? Was there was there a scene that, that you well, went to? Got open mic. You know, got a few. Had a couple clubs at the time. Uh, there's probably um, there's probably four or five clubs now with a couple of indie rooms. Back then it was two, but there were still two or three shows going every night of the week. Um, you know, you know, then you move to Western Mass and like, you know, I used to get pissed because I would do some guy's room and then the guy didn't book me again for six months. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? You're not fucking booking me? <laughs> it's like, dude, you don't even have like, these are the same people coming to these goddamn shows. If they've seen you in six months, it's too soon. They're going to remember your whole fucking act, you know, like, but, you know, think about that when you're a young guy and just getting, or maybe you do and it's just, I got a problem. Uh, but you know, so are you yeah. a prolific writer, John? What's that? Are you a prolific writer? I don't think so. Ah, so I it mean, makes sense. It makes sense of what you said to you. I mean, I mean, you know, back then, you know, so I've been doing, you know, I just, I've done three albums. I probably turn out, you know, I try and change things up every sort of like two to three years, like a whole, like, you know, maybe four years as far as like a headline show. Like I'm always doing new stuff. I don't think that's prolific. I think that's what, you know, these days is probably average. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I don't know many comics. You'll see some guys in New York who spend what I like to say is 15 years polishing a turd. (laughs) (laughs) Doing their same fucking fifteen minutes they've always done, and wondering why the industry doesn't like them. It's yeah. like well, the industry's fault, ago, you know. Yeah, and he's got a blue microphone. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, so yeah, I don't think I don't think I'm you know prolific, but I, you know, I uh, I write sure. Yeah. So we do. I'm just I'm just trying to kind of figure out the 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 scene in because Canada. I mean, we, there's a lot of good uh, uh, comedians that came down from Canada. Like yourself, Aaron Berg, Ryan Long. You know, I mean, there's a bunch of you. Uh, oh my God, everyone who we Oh, there's a bunch of guys. Yeah, Toronto's a great scene. Toronto's a big scene, but I got out of there early. You know, like I was just doing like I was running a room, and you know. And basically doing mics when I left, you know. This, yeah. Sean, this is what you'll like about. I was John. twenty years old. I was twenty years. So you were you were twenty years old when you started. Yeah, I was twenty when I started, and I was 21, 20, or just turned twenty-two when I moved to, to Massachusetts. So you've been doing it about twenty years now, right? Twenty-three. Wow. Jesus Christ! And look at him; man. it looks great. This, Sean, this is what you'll like about John. John was a panelist on comics watching comics uh and it's run by a, a friend of ours kevin goatee and he asked me hey why don't you come down he's like i need comics to do the show okay he, they taped 40 comics in one day i was the 40th oh. <laughs> oh. so so i go up and do the show and then they edit it and like you have no idea what's going on so john's a 
panelists on this show and he's like and, and he's, he's supposed to be watching comics and giving feedback and his feedback on me is like yeah this guy's all right funny you know but it's his voice i mean i can see him doing some acting maybe getting like uh some type of cop or gangster role yeah that's what i get booked for every fucking month <laughs> <laughs> you gave me career advice <laughs> I, I i also think i probably said he should quit <laughs> I say it every week, John. Every week I say this. <laughs> Two and a half years. Which was not a necessarily an insult to your comedy. It was just like knowing the business. It's like, dude, just quit. Don't even don't even bother. Uh, you have no idea how much that hits you in the soul when someone tells you that. Okay, you know, you know, fuck you. You're not good looking. You're not you're not edgy. Okay. The leafs suck. Okay. Right. Go back to fucking Canada. Um yeah. Listen, I, I should also quit. I'm the, also another person on this podcast that can quit. I, I don't know Sean well, but I'm assuming he should too. No, I'm pretty good, John. I'm pretty good. <laughs> hey, any any hell gigs? Can you, can you think of any hell gigs that you know? Because uh, you tour a lot, you you do a lot of uh, stuff on the road. Any you know besides that? You know, I mean that that Foxwood is it, it's not a great gig, but anything that you could think of that you did that was really like a lot worse. Uh, I don't know, man. I bomb enough for sure. Um, but like, re you know, for, as far as real hell gigs, I love I when comics a, have hell gig stories. I did a, a gig with my buddy Jason Andors. And it was, it was at Funny a guy. ski resort. It was at a ski resort in Pennsylvania, and we did the the show at the pool but there was no stage or anything we were just standing on one side of the fucking pool and like the audience was on the other side of the pool and at one point it was just so bad i just wanted to like jump in and drown myself you know but okay that was the, the horrible setup that was John, were the people nude no God. okay hey, that sounds the, like that gone. sounds like a gig i actually did but the people were all naked is that a nudist colony Oh my God! Yes, and not not only that, not only that, it was a six-hour comedy show that started at and it started at noon and went to six at night. And like there, there, I don't know, there was a bunch of comics on it. Uh, it I I went after first. I think when Sharon Simon, no, no, Rich Carucci, Sharon Simon, me, Doug Carf, Corey Alexander. There was a whole bunch of of uh, comics oh. on this show. And and we were all doing forty five minutes. That's the worst. <laughs> I I can't imagine anything more horrific than that gig. Yeah, <laughs> I actually think it was more hell for the naked people. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. It's yeah, like six, six <laughs> hours of that. Oh, yeah. Did You're I tell you how I figured out Corey Alexander's gimmick? What's his gimmick? His gimmick is, and I don't care. He is not listening to this. So uh, I would see him like working a lot. And I'm like, wow, all right. He's taking these pictures and stuff like that. Uh, he just shows up at random gigs in Pennsylvania and not on the show, doesn't even do a guest spot and then takes pictures of all the comics and then posts them after the show, letting people believe that he's working at all these places. He did it to me. I was, I was headlining at Valley Forge Casino. Popped in with his girlfriend, watched the show. Put the next day, what a killer show at Valley Forge. Everybody crushed. Thanks, everybody, for coming out. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Are you absolutely <laughs> kidding me? So I, call, I called him out on it once before. 
That's a pretty sweet move. It's fucking douchey. <laughs> it's fucking douche. It's, it's the oh my god, dude. It, it's I don't I don't have the balls to do that. Like I would never have the balls to do that. Yeah, I don't even like saying I don't even like saying that about the shows that I do. I'm like oh, I'm not fucking posted about that one. Did you guys see the video of the the comic that got the beer thrown at her at Uncle Vinny's? Yeah. Of course, yeah. Yeah, what do you guys think about on, that? It was on Kimmel last week. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, first of all, it's, it's the biggest piece of shit club in the fucking country, number one. And it's not because of the comics who work there. I have a lot of great friends who still work there. I mean, I'm not allowed to work there anymore, but whatever. Um, it, it's a recipe for disaster. Because if you're going into a regular comedy club like Gotham, chances are somebody's not going to come in and drink 13 fucking drinks before you go on stage. This is a place where you can bring your own liquor. So chances are you're bringing in a 12-pack of fucking beer. And if you're an animal who's drinking a 12-pack of beer, you got to do it at the show, you know? And it's just not a great setup for comedy, you know? And I feel bad for her, you know? I don't know who she is. Like I've never. I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad for her at all. She handled it well, and she's she uh, handled it fucking amazing. Yeah, got a cool spot out of it too. So I I will. If they would have threw a beer at me, I would have been. I would have walked out of there with an assault charge and been deported. So. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, I I said it on stage too. Like I had a guy bitch me out a couple weeks ago, and I was like, he, he stood up, and I'm like, look, let me just explain something to you, dude. I'm cool, I'm chill, but I'm not Chris Rock. I'm not a bitch. I'll knock you the fuck out if you ever come anywhere near this stage. And I carry a knife in my back pocket now. Sean is like 6'6", 350. 6'3", 6'3", but who's counting? But yeah, I, I, don't, I am. That's like, that's like a no, that's a no-no, you know? And like, shame on him for fucking, you know, get a fucking liquor license, dude. Get a liquor license. Do you know how much money you're losing if you don't have a liquor license? The problem is liquor licenses in Jersey are like seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Sure, absolutely, but no, I don't know how they. I mean, listen, I'll tell you this: I don't know how they make money. I don't know how most comedy places make money. Ever since I've watched that, what's that name of that show with Jason Bateman down in the south, like fixing numbers? Ozark. Ozark. Ever since I've seen Ozark, I'm convinced ninety percent of all comedy clubs are fucking money laundering outfits. Yeah, because I, I never know how they make money. And it's certainly not on my weekend. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, man, dude. I mean, we remember we worked a club. And it was a Friday night. There may, if we were lucky, there were 12 people there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that club shall remain nameless. But I will be working there December 2nd and 3rd. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I get, I get it, man. I got, head, I got booked to headline uh, a theater here in Jersey. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. I Google it. I'm like, I get there early. It's a small theater. It was like an old movie theater that I guess the projector broke and they decided, hey, we have a stage. Let's just start doing bands and stuff like that. I'm like, all right, cool. So I'm here I am. I'm a fucking weirdo. I walk in. It's like an hour and a half early and I'm counting every seat. Like, I'm like, okay, so there's six over here. There's nine rows. That's 54. And I'm I'm like, wow, it's 300 seats. All right, that's cool. Uh, 300 seat theater. That's going to be a nice fucking show. Uh, It's great when there's less than 10% filled. Yeah. 21 people at a 300 seat theater that was a lot of fun all all spread out oh yeah Yeah. no one in the front two in the back five over here you know speaking all right i'll tell you another story speaking of fucking that douchebag uncle vinny's right so he had a he had a club in staten island right he opened up the the, the yeah it was the worst setup for a comedy 
ever. Right. I'll so he, hold on yeah. a second. Just let me just let me just set it up with John. John, this is an old historic theater. The stage, I'm. It had to be. I'm going to say 24 to 25 feet off the ground. Okay. Yeah. With, with with ceilings that were even higher. Okay. And it had a balcony and the disconnect because it was it, it was right down the block from me where I lived. Um, I mean, the seats on the ground, you couldn't connect with anybody. You couldn't see anybody. It was cavernous. If you had 500 people in there, it still seemed empty. Yeah, right. it, was like, it was like a 900 to 1,000 seat theater. I think Dice played it and sold it out, obviously, you know. He never, no, he did not. He never, he, nope, I went to, because when he played Staten Island, I went, and that was at Grandpa's Comedy Club, which is oh, in okay. the same area. Okay. So it was me and uh, Gino Bisconti. It was like a Wednesday or Thursday night. And, you know, we're bullshitting in the in the front and we're talking. And then we go in there and there's four people in the theater. Four. Two people sitting right in the front. Two people sitting all the way in the back. So I go, can you at least move the two people from the back and put them in the front so we can at least talk to all four people? And they go... Oh no, we can't do that. That's the golden circle in the front. They pay extra for those tickets. <laughs> yeah. That's the, the fuck fucking pay extra to see you and Gino Pascanti in Staten Island. <laughs> yeah, well, they'll, they'll, well, they will in three weeks. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to cancel that show. Yeah, um, not a problem. I did a, uh, I did the Looney bit in Staten Island, and I remember it was like. Yeah, which 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 incarnation of the Looney Bin did you do? Was it at the club or was it in a diner? It was. I think it was the club. It was beside the bowling alley. Yeah. Oh, that was a, that was actually a pretty good room. So anyway, that night there's a table of fucking guys. Uh, I don't know, fucking Puerto Rican guys or Italian guys. You know, Puerto Rico. You know, it's Staten Island, so everybody seems Italian. Yeah. But uh, one of them gets up. One of them's talking shit and. At one point, I said, listen, buddy, I'm not like the rest of these fucking comedians up here. I said, I used to do a lot of shit before I was a comic. I go, why don't I meet you outside after the show? So so the rest, it's super uncomfortable now. And I'm still like trying to be entertaining, but I've set this fucking bomb off in the room where the whole thing, you know, as the show ticks down, everybody's thinking like, what's going to happen? And then I was out in the, I was out in the lobby also still trying to sell merch waiting for this fight and he just walked out and like you know put his head down and fucking slinked away you know with him and his buddies but i mean essentially you know you're in these situations and i you know i'm not in clubs that much you know and even when you're in clubs i mean like maybe there's some bouncers there maybe there isn't but you know, nine times out of ten, you're the you're, you know the only guy looking out for you, and there is you, and maybe a couple of the comics, depending on who you're working with, you know. So that was a that was a little bit. Um, I mean, it wasn't a fucking real hell gig. But so the next week, I'm in Boston, and I was doing a, a black room out there, and I, I'm uh, I'm up there, you know, I played that place before, you know, I'm I'm doing well, and. They had a little old blind guy working the front of the door, like uh, like legally blind, like uh, like the old uh, governor of um, like, like the governor of, uh, of New, New York, York, David Patterson. Yes, Patterson, right? 
So some guy tries to blow past him, like old man tries to blow past him and save, you know, the 10 bucks. Like I'm not paying the cover. And I said, come on, buddy. Big fucking guy too. Fucking, you know, I'm six, two, two thirty. This guy's six, four, two sixty cut. And, uh, black dude. And he bl- tries to blow past him. And I go, come on, buddy. You're going to fucking violate your probation in order to save 10 bucks and then the room fucking explodes and I start digging on him, And then he starts trying to like edge towards the stage, but the room is with me. So they back him off. And the host there is always, was always like, would always police the room. And he would be like, Hey motherfucker, this ain't, you know, chill the fuck out. This is a comedy club. Like a bunch of fucking end bombs would be flying. Um, so, but I've seen him bark down like all kinds of thugs. He went up to this guy and I couldn't see what was being said, but like the fucking big dude said something to him. And I just saw this host back down for the first time ever. And I was like, oh shit, I'm alone. <laughs> and um, at one point, one of his friends tries to fucking sneak up to the stage and like sucker punch me. And I called it. I was like, hey man, are you trying to fucking stuff me? And uh, he was like, yeah, I was. And then everybody. <laughs> and then you gave him a pound and you guys became friends afterwards. Yeah, and everyone out for like some malt liquors. Yeah, we get it. I had the fucking place <laughs> rocking though. And at the end of the fucking show, the host comes up and gives me my money before I got off stage. Now, I, that has never happened before. I'm usually waiting an hour and a half for my money in this place. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe this is a sign. I get off stage and my buddy who was, you know, opening goes, Hey man, I think we should get the fuck out of here. I'm like, yeah, fuck that. I'm sticking around to sell merch. And then as I looked that guy who I, you know, who was causing a problem, him and like four other guys, his size were slowly starting to close in on me like a fucking circle of sharks. And I was like, fuck this. I'm out. And I literally took off out the front door and ran to my car (laughs) and the bouncer the bouncer on the way out the door goes, hey, man, you don't got to run, motherfucker. And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, John, before before we go, because I mean, we, we have we have a, a couple of minutes. Let's yeah. talk a little bit of music, all right? And, yeah. because, and I want to talk music with you because I think you're a music fan. And your your bands, like you, you sent me, really kind of panned the spectrum. Like Audio Slave. Fucking love Audio Slave. You know, we mm-hmm. haven't had a guest actually come on the show and even mention them. Great band. Or, you know, yeah. kind of like a shoot off of uh, of Soundgarden and, and Rage. Okay. Yeah. And then you follow it up with Fleetwood Mac. Ugh. Oh, man. I'd rather. And then you also said you like gay house music, which I said, <laughs> don't worry, my co host is, is going to be into all this shit too. Okay. <laughs> totally. But uh, yeah. So, so who is your favorite band? Is it Audio Slave? If I if if someone was to press me, you know, I would probably say Audio Slave, and that's just because the first album was so awesome. Yeah, it really was. Uh, like from start to finish, you can play that like and on a on a on a ride on like a, a ride home from a show or something. It was just like a really great, um, a really great album. And I'm not even I wasn't like a big Rage fan. I mean, there's a couple of good songs and. And I didn't give a fuck about Soundgarden at all. So like, but those guys coming together was just uh, was just awesome. And it, and then they had a really great song off the off their second album. Uh, you know, be yourself. Great I, I song! Oh my god, that's so yeah. good. 
song. I don't know why they didn't, you know, continue to to make music together because I thought that was like, you know, what a great fucking band. And also like super underrated. Like when he died, nobody even mentioned Audio Slave. No, they really didn't. That's a shame because, you know, when you have like these, you know, quote unquote super groups, chances right. are they suck. They really do. Like Velvet Revolver, I thought was another band like that too, where you had Scott Weiland with the guys from GNR. Right. And it was still a rock band. So like, you know, GNR is a great rock band, but you know, Soundgarden came from that quote unquote grunge era. I know I hate that fucking term. And then Rage was like a band all on their own, but this band was nothing like either one. Right. It's a completely different sounding band from both other bands. And that's what drove me to them too. Cause when I heard Cochise for the first time, I was like, what the fuck is this? Cause I knew it was Chris Cornell. because His voice is so prominent. But when I found out that it was uh, the guys from Rage, it blew me away. Absolutely. Yeah. How, how could they fail? I mean, you have one of the great, you know, modern era guitarists, okay? You have arguably maybe one of the top 10 rock singers uh, coming right. together. Oh. Uh, right. And, you know, between Tom Morello and Chris Cornell, phenomenal songwriting. Yeah. I mean, I wish they had put out more music. Because I thought everything they did was so good, man. Did you ever get a chance to see them? I didn't know. I didn't even know if they ever, you know, toured or, or anything. Um, so, no, to answer your question. But I, that's still like a go-to album that I'll listen to, you know, you know, once through a couple times a year. Just, you know, just by, just because you're driving for three hours and, at a clip, you know, to and from these awful gigs. You need something to listen to. Um, but no, I never got a chance to see him. Do you air guitar to uh, Like a Stone? What's that? Do you air no, guitar but, to Like a Stone? Like that. No, wow, like, wow, no, like wow, wow. Great. Uh, <laughs> highway's great. Or I'm a highway. It's great. Um, I, like, I'm a guy that like will like roll the windows up and like jam out and sing as loud as possibly like to these albums. And, Audio Slave is a tough one to follow along to because Chris Cornell's rage is so crazy, right? Like you're, Ridiculous, man. You're going to crack your voice. I, I kind of put him in the same category as a guy like Paul Rogers, you know, lead singer for uh, Bad Company. You know, just like a great, like raspy, authentic, great rock singer, you know? Put him in any band, they're going to be great, you know? He's, uh, a top 20, he's a top 20 singer of all time for rock music. I, oh, I, I, no at problem least, with that. At least. Um, and then you picked Fleetwood Mac. Why yeah. that? Um, I like Stevie Nicks' voice. Thank you. Uh-huh. I hate Stevie Nicks. I, I hate Stevie Nicks. I hate Fleetwood Mac, man. I just I have a crush on Stevie Nicks still. It's, it's, you know what it is? It's like lawyer music. It's like, you know, like on casual Friday, man, we'll have a cool light and put on some Ryan. Oh, that blows. Oh, I, I hate that. So my aunt was a big Stevie Nicks um, was a big Stevie Nicks person. I I hate my aunt. She drank herself to death, right? But for whatever reason, I love Fleetwood Mac because that will bring me right back to her smoke filled, fucking Labatt fifty, you know, stack of empty Labatt fifty two four cases, you know, in the kitchen. It brings me right back to that apartment. I don't know why I love it, but I just love it. Um, That's what aunt, music does. Yeah. Um, and my my aunt uh, who has passed, and um, she uh, when I was uh, when I was a kid, like you know, eight years old. I remember 
waking up to brush my teeth before I went to school and I had to step over my naked aunt who was passed out in the bathroom to brush my teeth. And like, I didn't think anything of it. I was just a kid, you know? Wait, why like, Why were you, were you raised by your aunt? No, this is where the story gets interesting. Um, my mother uh, had already- you, I, you already got me a naked aunt. <laughs> my mother had already moved out of the house at this point in time. And so it wasn't for many years later that I realized that my dad was banging my aunt. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> This is this is your mom's sister? Well, it's not my dad's sister. So yeah, no. my mom's sister. <laughs> yeah, but like you know how sometimes people like you know you have a good family friend, you call him you know Aunt right, Jess. Right, right. This okay. is my cousin. No, no, no. This is my blood relative. I didn't know. I, I just didn't realize you were a hillbilly. I, holy shit! Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know this about you. Canadian trash. <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> Wow, with the, you mentioned you Tennessee. I don't get it. <laughs> you mentioned Labatt, and it brought a memory back because we used to always we would go to Montreal every year uh, for yeah. like the big festival and things like that. And you know, we always embraced the culture up there. It's still our favorite city in the world. And we have this one friend who's uh, he's socially retarded. I think it's it's fair to say that. Uh, so we all go up there at this one bar and we're ordering, you know, I'm ordering like a Molson triple X. My friends are ordering Labatt blue and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, I'll have a course light. So then the bills come and mine's like two and a quarter. My, his is like two fifty, and his bill was like fucking $13. And he's like, why the fuck is a course light $13? I'm like, you're in fucking Canada. You moron. It's a goddamn <laughs> import. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 So then he, um, he they a bunch of my friends go to like this massage parlor uh, it was like around the corner from where our hotel was and it was like next door to the comedy works so i was doing a weekend at the comedy works they're all there and uh they all come we all meet back at the hotel and they're all shaking their heads and stuff and i go what's the matter they go why don't you ask him what happened and then apparently they bring the whole train of girls out and he picks the dark-skinned one and she was indian and of course, apparently every girl was like gorgeous and smoking and real fit and in shape and stuff like that. And they come out and my friends go, why did you pick her? And his first words were, where else can you get curry pussy? <laughs> on, Socially on that, recorded. Yes. On that note, John, where could people find you and what do you got going on? All right. So uh, you can check out uh, my latest album, Super Spreader. Uh, you know, iTunes and anywhere that you're going to stream it or down or listen to it, uh, Spotify, all that shit. Um, and uh, I'll be at the uh, Harrisburg Comedy Zone November 17th, 18th, 18th, 19th, that weekend. Nice. Yeah, come on down. Yeah, I'm there. Guys, check him out, man. John is a really, really funny guy. Uh, yeah. You'll love his show. Check oh. out Super Spreader. Okay. And uh, hey, man, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate oh, yeah, having you on. This is a lot of fun, man. Uh, uh, time flew. That's how you know it was a good one. Absolutely. Yes, you do. All right, All Sean, right. anything you want to end with here? or uh, Next two week, uh, two weekends, I'm working with Jeffrey two weekends in a row. Uh, those podcasts afterwards will be very interesting. Uh, I I don't like to talk to Jeff very much. I try to do it to like an hour a week. And so if I have to see him two days in a row, whether it's virtually or in person, I'm really not fucking happy about in the least bit. But uh, so we got some stuff coming up in Staten Island at the end of November, me and him. 
uh, I have, uh, and again, I'm also going to be at the Comedy Zone in Harrisburg in January, unless we get in January. Cool. All right, guys, that, that wraps it up in another episode. Who's your band? John Moses, thank you, our guest. Sean, I'll see you during the week, and take care, everybody. Later, guys. All right, Bye, okay. Adam.